And welcome back to TWGTF, Two White Guys Talking Film. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Ben. And I'm Tyler. And we are back. It's our second episode. That's right, everyone. You didn't think we'd make it to two episodes, but we did. Y'all thought the creative process would break us up, but it didn't. We are here. We are standing together like House Target. I'm not getting into it. I, I don't care. Game of Thrones happened tonight. I don't care. I'm not going to talk about it. We're here to talk about movies. This is, we're not going to talk about Game of Thrones. For four hours, I'm not gonna do it. How are you, sir? How was your uh, How was your week? Good. It was yeah, good, good uh, week. Yeah, mostly my days off have just been sleeping and or watching the Criterion Channel. So, you know, I keep thinking about doing that. I keep thinking about pulling the trigger on that and going in for that. It's It's good right now. They've got a bunch of uh, like Colum- like uh, 1940s and 50s Colombian noirs. Um, nice. I've just been watching that all weeks. So uh, it's been it's been it's been fun, enlightening. Well, that does lead me to my question. What was the best thing you saw this week? My best thing I saw this week was actually a new film. It's a French film. It came out in limited release. It's called Knife Heart, or it might be Knife Plus Heart. There's like a weird uh, addition symbol in the middle of it. But I just keep calling it Knife Heart. And it's about this uh, like kind of off-the-rails alcoholic uh, director, female director of gay porn and her gay porn troupe as they slowly get picked off one by one. Is and it a horror movie? Yes, it's sort of got like a like a proto late '70s slasher type style. And it's called Knifeheart. I'm Knife gonna look this up. Yeah. This sounds good. Yeah. It's whatever you recommended last week. I was like, I don't know. That sounds like good, but I just like. I could see myself watching it like on a lazy Sunday, but this sounds, oh man, I'm in. Yeah, no, this is, this was, I got to see it um, on the big screen and it was just like super, super, like big, deep reds, big, deep greens. It kind of made me feel like it was like 70 giallos that like were like at the back end of the, of the video store where you're just like, what's Suspiria? Like, what's this? Suspiria. It yes. must be Italian. Yes. Um, exactly. Oh goodness. Well, so give us a little more. You said it's it's about a, a troop of actors in gay yeah. pornography who are slowly being picked off. Slowly being picked off. And over the, like, the main character is their female director. And it's kind of about her loneliness. Because, mm-hmm. like, she is attracted to her editor. And they've just recently broken up. And so, like, a, there's like a lot of drama paid towards, like, their relationship and their falling out and artistic process and it's just really i don't want to spoil anything but it's just like a really good drama on top of this like wonderful horror film with which has one of the best murder weapons i've seen in a long time oh god i don't want to know what it is but that sounds like that's setting it up for something it's amazing and i don't even want to talk about it because i don't want to like set expectations that high but i was like absolutely like this well i have a i have a feeling in october you and i are going to maybe do a thing where every week is just horror movies out of respect for the month so perhaps that can be one that we deep dive into that would be nice to do a deep dive into that uh i do i don't know if you do it but i do 31 horror movies in in like 31 days and well i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it here but i'm working on something very similar for my other podcast um involving that um where i'm gonna have people kind of follow along with me so but yeah i know what you mean yeah it is kind of nice to do 30 for kind of a 30 for 30 yeah and you are burned out at the end of it but it's oh real yeah fun. 
you're like, well, nothing scares me anymore, <laughs> except for reality. Fuck, what was the best thing I saw this week? Oh, you know what? It was yesterday. I got home from a baseball game. I was a little drunk, and I decided to lay down on the couch, and I, I was going through all the movies that are on my Apple TV that I haven't watched, and I came across You Were Never Really Here from last oh, year. Yeah. And I finally sat down and watched that. Holy Christ, is Joaquin Phoenix a good actor? When he wants to be, he can be yes, a great actor. Yes, or he just phones it in. Yeah. <laughs> but this, I would say this is in his four best. This performance is just brutal and raw. It's about a man named Joe who kind of fixes problems. That's the best I can say about it. And you want to talk about a great murder weapon. Oh, man. Mm. Ball peen hammer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Those, no joke. I remember as a kid looking at a ball peen hammer and I was just like, I don't want to look at this anymore. This is yeah. terrifying. Yeah, not since old boy has someone used a hammer that effectively on his enemies. Oh, God. Old boy is... I don't want to talk about old boy. <laughs> you know what you want to talk... Should we talk? Should we talk about Old Boy the remake with Spike Lee? Let's, let's eventually. About... No, I, I don't ever. Uh... That movie is hard to get through, and the other one, the original, is way longer. Yeah, well, I mean, the other one is based off of like a what, like ten issue manga. Yeah, it sounds about right. So they had to chew through some plot like real quickly. Oh goodness, yeah. We are here because it is our second podcast, and it was up to me this time to pick movies and. Unlike Tyler, who's very good at picking movies that kind of gel together, I, I didn't. The only thing that really qualify my two movies together are they're about the, the second film from directors. And the first one we're going to talk about is 1987's Raising Arizona, which is directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen and written by them as well. Son, you got a panty on your head. Just drive fast, eh? The first time I met Ed was in the county lockup in Tempe, Arizona. You're a flower, you are. A day I'll never forget. I do. You bet I do. Okay, then. My lawless years were behind me. Our child-rearing years lay ahead. But <laughs> biology conspired to keep us childless. You go right back up there and get me a toddler. I need a baby hide. I got more than I can handle. At the time, Ed's little plan seemed like the solution to all our problems. And the answer to all our prayers. He's beautiful. What? Are you kidding? We got us a family here. I want Nathan Jr. back. What's his name? Ed Jr. Hi, Jr. So far, we've just been using Jr. We call him Jr. <laughs> <laughs> He's out there somewhere. Hold on, Nathan. We're gonna go pick up Daddy. I'll be taking these huggies and uh, whatever cash you got. <laughs> you busted out of jail. We released Trashaz on our own recognizance. What Double here is trying to say is that we felt the institution no longer had anything to offer us. <gasps> we got a child now. Everything's changed. Yeah! Where's Junior? Who the hell are you? Oh, man. We're absolutely going to get him back. Just ain't no question about that. Give me that baby, you warthog from hell! Hey, you want to know another thing? I'm going to be a better person from here on out. Let's go get Nathan Jr. Raising Arizona, a comedy beyond belief. <laughs> 
Well, it ain't Ozzy and Harriet. Well, technically well it's directed by Joel Cohen, but that's because the director, Directors Guild would not let two people take credit for one that job. Is, that is true, and that's absolute bullshit, because you know they mm -hmm. were both doing stuff on that set. Like, I, I do not believe that either of them are not the ones controlling. It stars Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter as a couple who cannot conceive. One of them is very much on the side of the law, being Holly Hunter as the cop, and the other is not on the side of the law, which is Nicolas Cage, who is a convenience store robber. And he's such a, what's that? He's such like a low-level thief that it's so funny that he's like so committed to this life of crime. Well, and the fact Sorry. that he robs them without without bullets in his gun, like yeah. he's he's this guy. So the two of them obviously get married and unfortunately cannot have kids but at the same time a man by the name of nathan arizona and his wife have like seven kids so they decide to steal one of them and raise it as their own this is a comedy by the way mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like it no the movie what what's so funny about the intro is that the movie gets through about what could be like 30 minutes of plot in a about five minutes it's it's actually one of the best parts about this movie is that mm -hmm. they're very quick to tell you like look he's a bad guy she's a cop they get married they're gonna have a kid one way or the other they they get yeah. you pretty much through what you're right it could have been 30 minutes of setup they're like we're not gonna we're not gonna set this up too much we got there's so much story we gotta get to we're just mm -hmm. gonna run through it you're gonna pay attention and everything's gonna work out it's true and what i love about this movie and the reason I picked it as their second because I think we have to discuss the fact that these are the second films from these directors this is very different from their first movie Blood Simple mm -hmm. I mean I, it's a noir movie and this is like this is like a slapstick comedy almost I think what's interesting is this has the trapping of a noir like the plot device and like the characters all sort of feel like they're from that heightened noir world but they ended up in a Bugs Bunny cartoon instead of, like, a Fritz Lang movie. Yeah, and I... Uh, God, you're kind of right, too. It is... And he they do that later on. They will do that later on, especially with certain, certain scenes in Battle of the Buster Scruggs. It feels like that as well, especially the opening. But in this one, like... And, man, where, where, does, this, where does this fall for you in terms of, like, lovable Cage performances? <sighs> well, he weirdly feels like he's channeling like the dark side of his character from Wild at Heart. Like they feel weirdly in a piece of one another. Mm -hmm. Like I just kept thinking about Wild at Heart the whole time I was watching this. I was just like, man, this, this, it, oh, it's so weird that they're very scumbummy and very like similar in weird aspects, and then also total, total opposites. It's true. He is he is this character. He plays High, which I know you find out his whole name at one point. But um, he's H.I. McDonough, and he ends up marrying Ed, who's played by Holly Hunter, or Edwina. Mm -hmm. Some great names in this which movie. Which one of my favorite... Yeah, well, one of my favorite jokes is when their friends ask him, well, what are you naming the baby? And he goes, Hi, Junior. And she goes, Ed, Junior. And he goes, we've just been calling him Junior. He goes, we call him <laughs> Junior. Like... It's it's a movie that, by the way, the dialogue is coming at you like ten miles an hour. Like you have yeah. to, yeah, you have to be, you have to be watching it very carefully. Mm -hmm. It feels like 
the Philadelphia story or like one of those like old slapsticks where it's like yes. if you laugh at a joke, you miss two more jokes. That's yeah. It almost does feel like they're almost overcompensating for like, look, maybe every fourth joke isn't going to work, but they're going to be so bogged down with all the other ones. They won't even notice it. Mm-hmm. There's just some like great, great dialogue in this movie. Some of it, some borrowed, some like, you know, just like it's just so good all over the place. And it does it does feel like other movies, too, but while still maintaining that sense of like Coen Brothers like reality. Mm-hmm. So obviously them stealing the baby doesn't come without consequences. They're obviously like being pursued by the law to figure out who took this kid. It's it's it also feels very much like a like what if the um the Lindbergh baby was a wacky following? Like what if it was a wacky thing with the Lindbergh baby? Oh my god. What is what is remind me the father of the babies? What what does he do again? He owns a store. He owns a like a discount it's like unpainted furniture unpainted furniture yeah like it's just like like wood desks and wood bookshelves that you can paint whatever color so he's he's very apt to find this kid at the same time while they're enjoying their new lives you the opening of the movie you see a lot of people in high's life and you see specifically uh two brothers played by John Goodman and William Forsythe, who bust out of jail in maybe maybe the most over-the-top breakout I've ever seen. It feels like Shawshank may have been inspired in weird aspects because it's raining and there's mud. And I know clearly Shawshank was not inspired by this, but it just... It, oh, yeah. The fact that it came before Shawshank and also just immediately, that was the first thing I thought of. I don't I know if that's... My, I think my favorite part is where John Goodman's going like, ah! and then you just see him jam his hand back down into the mud and pull his brother out by his boot. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're just in a they're just in a crappy truck stop just combing their hair. They are covered head to toe in mud, but their hair looks like really good. Yeah, no, like the hair is immaculate. Everything else just looks so gross and dirty. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, and they th- go ahead. A uh, quick tangent. I don't know if you took like a look at william forsythe's wikipedia page but i don't know he's been in so many things he has i don't know who he upset but his picture for his wikipedia page is the worst it's so upsetting i've been i've only seen his imdb page i'm gonna look at his wikipedia page it's it's not good it's like a head-on you can't see his eyes he has a terrible like mustache it's just so bad i felt so bad for him let's see william forsythe that's not a good picture. Oh, he looks like Ron Jeremy. No, it's bad. He oh, looks like man. He, he's like 20 pounds heavier than he actually is. Take a look is. at his IMDb page. His IMDb page is very classy looking, actually. Yeah, so the two of them show up, and they don't obviously suspect like that they've taken the kid, but uh, Holly Hunter's scared. By the way, Holly Hunter playing, and she does this twice, actually, in a Coen Brothers movie. This and Oh Brother Art, though. She plays the all-time aggravated wife. Hmm. And just just her just her laying into Nicolas Cage. This whole movie is kind of like her just laying into Nicolas Cage for 90 minutes. That's what makes it so fun is because you know Nicolas Cage is kind of like a layabout. Also, that is a, an amazing picture of him. Sorry, I yeah, just got right? to design. Isn't that better? Isn't that better? Uh, it's so much better. But <laughs> Holly Hunter is like this... Because you know that she wants the child so bad and like it's her being like we should steal that child and not the like the 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 con man for a better term 
uh, for lack of a better well, term. She has the great line. She's like, you go up there and get me a baby hive. They got more than they can handle. Like the whole, <laughs> their, their whole logic for doing this is the two of them have more than they can handle. Seven babies is too much. Obviously, we'll be doing them a favor by taking it off of their hands. Obviously, which, yeah. Which has always led me to the question, if they hadn't taken Nathan Jr., do you think they get away with this scot-free because he's not Nathan? Like, Maybe. Because like, the guy who the guy who owns the furniture store's name is Nathan Arizona. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that makes me wonder if that's the real reason. I mean, maybe. I don't know because at the end he does seem like relieved to have the child back, and it's like very clear. Also, they don't know which child it is. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very true. It is like, very we true. We think it's Nathan Junior, but we're not sure. Which does not stop him from also cutting cutting a uh, promo for his store at that moment when he's being interviewed by all of the people. He is in like an all time shit heel. Oh my god, he is. But he but he's also likable because you can tell he does want the kid back. Trey Wilson mm-hmm. plays Nathan Arizona Senior. So at the same time, we also have this, and this is who I would call if we're handing out an award for this, the most Cohen brother character. There's this weird biker who's known, who you find out is named Leonard Smalls, who's played by Randall Tex Cobb, who keeps journeying closer and closer towards this whole situation. And we're not really sure who he is. I love the dream sequence, and I love Nicolas Cage quoting Night of the Hunter by saying the world is a bad place for small things. Or is sometimes that where world. that's from? That, yes, it's the closing line to Night of the Hunters. It's with the, like, grandmother? It's, it's the grandmother, yeah. yeah. I just I, I don't remember a lot about that movie, but I do remember the grandmother being the last one to speak. That movie is one of my all-time faves, probably in, like, my top 50. Really? Wow. Love, love it. Absolutely. That's Charles gorgeous. Charles Lawton directed that, right? Yes, it's his only... It's his only, yeah. He, he hated the process. He didn't hate the process. He hated working with the studio so much that he was like, I'm never directing ever again. I was I was going to say, I would think it would be Robert Mitchum because I mm. hear he was a fantastic drunk and I imagine that was pretty hard to deal with. So mm. he's he's heading towards this situation. And we, we I guess, the, I mean, the whole movie's about this kid. The whole movie's about who kind of holds possession of this kid. What's so interesting is the kid is the MacGuffin and like, it's... One of those things where it's like, I don't know how well, how how you could get, if you could get away with that now, I guess shoot him up, got away with it, sort of. Is the kid the MacGuffin in that? I don't remember. You're, you're not wrong. The kid is kind of the MacGuffin and shoot him up for sure. But it's definitely something that seems risky even for the time. Like as someone who had already seen the back half of this movie a long time ago and knew like what happened i was still like that kid's like <laughs> in danger because everyone is an idiot <laughs> it's it's very true it's actually yeah because this kid the whole idea is and leonard small shows up actually that might be one of my favorite scenes in the mm-hmm. movie is where leonard Sh- leonard small shows up and says i'm just a man and he goes he goes i'll get your kid back. he's a bounty hunter is what mm-hmm. he is but he's just this filthy greasy biker like he is disgusting <laughs> He looks like he smells. Is is like if this movie was I mean, smell of. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say smells. Like I bet you. I bet you. If you were ten feet away from him, you could taste what he smells like. Yes. Probably. It, there is a must in the air around him at all times. But he's... he. But he has this weird presence to him where he's so calm. You never really see him lose his patience, and he never really raises his voice in that whole conversation with Nathan Senior. He's just like he goes. I'm just a man. He goes. I can get you your kid back. It's gonna mm-hmm. cost you. 
Mm-hmm. And Nathan is like, no, get out of here. I'll call the cops on you. Like, And then he's gone. Like, you're never really sure if he's almost real to a point. He like, does. Yeah. He sort of seems like the, like the dark side of the American dream. Like this amalgamation of all the terrible mm-hmm. things. See, this is why I have Tyler on the show. He puts it in such eloquent terms like that. I was going to say he's like the cuddlier version of Anton Chigurh. But yeah, he's he is. You're right. He is that dark version of it. He's this guy who's kind of successfully captured everything he wants. He's just gone about it in like the worst way. Yeah, blowing up bunnies. Yeah, that is hilarious. I that won't. is, it's so funny, and it's also I think a like sort of a direct reference to like bugs bunny and like wilmer fudd like he yeah, is like, a it's like don't talk just shoot him yeah, yeah just shoot him yeah it's like exactly. rock him over just don't, like don't even think about it it's there's so many cartoon and like ness to every character i guess this was something we didn't touch on last time but this is an ever-evolving show and here's my question what was your favorite scene in the movie i like the small and hide fight like, I really, really like that. Like, that's one of my favorite because it's that's the moment where I'm just like, this Give is Give me that Bugs baby, Bunny. you warthog from hell. Yeah, it's just Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Like, it's it's Tom and Jerry. Like, that's I'm, what I'm, this is. I'm glad you said that because that actually leads me to a question. And I've, I've seen this movie. How many times would you say this movie? Like, maybe 10? This was the first time I've seen it since I was, like, 10 or 11. Like, my parents watched it and I was like, oh, it's fun. I do like I do I I I've got I would say if you're if you're building a Mount Rushmore for me of directors, I think the Coen brothers are on that on that on that Mount Rushmore for me personally, because I don't know what it is. Every one of their movies I can get something. Out. Even even those two bad movies we talked about last week, I can still get something out of them. But for this, I've never and I don't know why. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention at the right time. Maybe I just had my eyes down at that perfect moment. Both of them have the uh, Arizona State tattoo. Oh. Did you notice that? The moment when he, like, he pulled, like, Nicolas Cage is, like, pretty much, like, dead almost on his feet, pawing at Leonard Smalls, and he pulls his shirt down. He has the same tattoo that High does. I knew it was something. I didn't pick up what it was. What like, you, I knew that you, there was... What do you mean? What do you take from that? Because that feels like the Coen brothers trying to say something. It feels kind of... <sighs> Is he the bad half of high? Is he the guy who loads his gun with ammunition to rob a place as opposed to not? I mean, yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's like, this is what Hyde could be had he, if he wasn't like an actual bad person and Hyde is a good person, but he just does bad things. Whereas this person is a bad person and can do good things, but he's still going to get his because he's still like, he's a bad guy, regardless of what he does. Fair enough. Because he blows up bunny rabbits, you know. Yes, yes. You've got you've, you're really on the law defense for that bunny rabbit, aren't you? That, don't blow them up, man. Bunnies are dicks. I, I don't know how to tell you this. They because, suck, but like. But they're bunny rabbits. I, yeah. I get. You. Use yeah. a gun. Don't use a grenade. <laughs> like, wow. Wow. You're not even not about killing the bunny rabbit. You're just like just don't. That's overkill. You're yes. Like, at least let yeah, the bunny the, rabbit's little wife and kids be able to bury him in a closed cast. Exactly. It's like shooting Joe Pesci in the face. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Oh my God, that poor bunny rabbit. So the movie culminates with them taking on Leonard Smalls and eventually getting the kid back. Who, okay, so here's my next. If if that's your favorite scene, who's your favorite person to have control of the baby or the MacGuffin? Ed, of course, it's Ed. When Ed has the baby, that baby is safe. Hyde, less so. 
I mean, um, the moment, okay, can we talk about the moment in the beginning where she goes, I love him, like, just loses her shit in the mm-hmm. car when she first gets him. It's and it's so cute. <laughs> it's not just so cute, it's fucking accurate. When Brielle first got one of our cats, she was just like, I love him so much. And I'm like, oh my God, this is real. That moment in Raising Arizona is 100% accurate. That's me when I have a dog in my hands. Oh my God, that is. Oh, you never did get to meet Lily. No. Oh, she would have. She would have been your best bud. Oh, when you guys come up next time, we're all gonna have to get together so you can meet Lily. Yes, that would be nice. I'd love to meet any dog. Any dog. We got, we got her a toy today that is the shape of a rainbow, and you can fill it with stuff inside, and it comes with three little unicorns. She's just been carrying a unicorn around in her mouth all day. That is extremely cute. I'll send you a picture of it when she has one in her mouth and she's doing it. There's three, so we're hoping we can get all three of them to sleep on the bed tonight so we can put one <laughs> next to each of them. That's that's the that's the goal for today. I'll know my day went well if we can do that. Do you know who shot this movie? Who was like the cinematographer? Probably Roger Deakins, if I'm guessing. It's not, because you do you know who shot their first three films? Oh, you... it's uh, no, it's it's Barry Levinson, isn't it? No, it's Barry Sonnenfeld. Barry Sonnenfeld. I know. Fucking, there's always two of them. Yeah. Like Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton. You never know which one. <laughs> yeah. Barry Levinson, Barry Sonnenfeld. Yeah, I would. Exactly. One they're, they're constantly diner. fighting for jobs, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would rather watch a Barry Levinson movie than a Barry Sonnenfeld movie. That's Okay, that's so, me. so let me ask you this. Barry Sonnenfeld shoots this. Do you feel this is better, or do you feel this would have been better shot with Deacons? No, because this movie is gorgeous. And I was I was losing my mind after I saw who the cinematographer was, because I was like, no way. Because that guy shot Nine Lives, one of... The Just Kevin the, Spacey movie? Yeah. yeah. Barry, Barry Sonnefeld directed Nine Lives. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Barry Levin's, or Barry Sonnefeld's career after a point goes way downhill. Although, and you know, this I don't know if this is the best offense for it. Man did direct Men in Black. He did. He made a lot of money. He directed one of the most successful films of all time. And you know what? And you, know, also... what? And you know what? You know what? Let's look at his career real quick. He does Adam's Family. He mm-hmm. does Get Shorty. He does Men in Black. Wild Wild West. Um, he does Men in Black 2, RV. Uh, directs the first two episodes of uh, Pushing Daisies. Mm-hmm. Great. Which is pretty good. Absolutely great. Yeah. Uh, does Men in Black 3. And then does Nine Lives. And and he's done a bunch of episodes of a series of Unfortunate Events. That's a, that's a pretty solid little career. Yeah. There's some bad stuff in there, but he never stopped working. It's a mixed bag. Um, a really mixed bag. But, you know... He also was the cinematographer for Miller's Crossing, so Swings and Roundabouts. Yeah, and that's that might be their most visually pleasing movie in mm-hmm. some ways. Yeah. He, he Blood Simple's he did, also... So, wait, so he did Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, mm-hmm. and Miller's Crossing, and then they switched to Deacons, right? Yeah, because he went on to direct The Adams Family in 92. And oh, is that what they, it is? Yeah, he, he started directing because he went to Adams Family. And their do next you think movie... he? Do you think he regrets maybe walking away from them? No, because he made fucking Men in Black. <laughs> it is a very successful movie. Yes. I don't know though. I would look at certain stuff that like other people shot and just be like, "Fuck, I wonder how I would have done it." Like, because he was with mm-hmm. them. It seems like he was their boy. Yeah. No. They they've only ever had two cinematographers. One's Deacons. One's Sonnenfeld. No, let's believe. be honest. If you're gonna if you're gonna give up Sonnenfeld. Deacons is not a bad substitute. Deacons is a solid choice, yeah. Yeah, we'll 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 get into him at some point on some other show, and I'll ask the question: Why have we never seen him direct? Because even if his movie sucked, it would still be the most beautiful sucker you've ever seen. God, who the guy who shot The Godfather directed one of the absolute worst movies I've ever seen. What is Windows. that? Uh, it's called Windows. 
Windows. Yeah. It's all about I, Windows 98. No, it's 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 an 80s movie. It's like a lesbian Tal- thriller. Talia nothing, Shire? Nothing happens in it. It is oh, so boring. It offensive. has a 4.7 on IMDb. It's not good. I was like, oh, maybe maybe I'll watch this and kind of save this from like the trash heap of history and find something in it. And I was like, I'm so bored. It, dude, dude, there are certain movies that I don't care who you are. Some movies just aren't for certain people. Mm-hmm. Like, case in point, I want to like Miami Vice, but I just cannot get into it. Mm-hmm. Just and I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying I cannot get into it. It's just not for me. I'm like, sure Windows is for someone. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, that yeah. That's my is. point. Windows just might not be for you. I fully believe that every movie is for someone. Even if I don't like it, that doesn't mean that there isn't someone out there who's gaining something from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, who can say someone might love the Book of Henry? You know, that's not for me. I but def- here, but here's here's the like way it. here's the way I try to look at it in a positive light. I say to myself, even though I don't like the Book of Henry, and I'm I'm with you on that. I don't like the Book of Henry. What if there's someone out there, some kid who sees the Book of Henry, and that kicks him off? onto a journey where he makes something that is absolutely incredible. That's like, true, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the way I look at it. It's it's meant to inspire. So I don't really think there are bad movies out there. There are movies I don't like and that's 100% accurate. That's my opinion. It's neither right nor wrong. This is my problem with everyone arguing about movies. It's like, look, everyone's opinion is both right and wrong because it's subjective. You can't have that without it. Yes, our art is subjective and we're definitely tipping into the to the talking points of no art is technically bad because all art is technically good because someone yeah. could like any art. It's true. It's true. I completely agree. Which I guess leads me into, do you have anything else on this before we... No, the Barry Sonnenfeld thing blew my mind. Like, I was, like, shocked and had to pause the movie. Oh, you know what? Before we go on, and we'll touch on the Coen brothers again. We didn't give them a lot here, but we'll, no. we'll touch on them again. The music in it is mm-hmm. just winning. Mm-hmm. Like it puts you in the right mood that um if you look carefully the when they do the uh the talking or they the credits actually with the credits you see a uh, music department and it says the very winning voice of oh my god I wish I could remember his name it's like Enrico Mon oh my god did you see um who directed the or who did the music for this no it's the guy who did all the music for um. Uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, it looks like. Oh, uh, Enrico Marconi? Yeah, that's it. Hmm. But that's... there's a musical performer in there who does all that uh, yelling, which mm-hmm. is great as well. That, like throat singing? Yeah. God, the music is really good in this, and super not traditional. <laughs> it's, the and whole like... movie's not traditional. I mean, yeah, so yeah, they, do, right. they do this from Blood Simple. And we're, let me ask you this. Do you think this is a better second film, or do you think their first film is stronger? I like their, I personally like their first film more, but I think with the second film, you see sort of this like weird ambition. Like they're just like, well, we, well this is the one that we want to do. Like we did Blood Simple because it's cheap and kind of easy. And there's like five people in the cast and that we want to do, you know, we want to do this. This is a much comedy. bigger cast. I mean, if you want to talk about blind ambition, that's called Hudsucker Proxy. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you make Miller's Crossing, you can pretty much make whatever you want. Yeah, that's. And, you know, weirdly, the one that gets them not as much attention. Barton Fink's the one that gets them all the attention. Oh, that's true. I forget that Hudsucker's Cause after. Because Bar- Barton Fink wins them the Palm Door. And oh, my God. They, they don't... I didn't know that. Yeah, Barton Fink won Palm Door and Best Actor that year. It won, like, it. there was, like, there was something in the, um, if you watch the trailer to Barton Fink, 
there's like something that says like only one movie has won like and it's like a certain number of awards like that were major and they said and it's this movie and it just says Barton Fink. Okay. Yeah. I need to I haven't watched Barton Fink since like middle school. So yeah, one of my probably, favorite Simpsons joke that, that comes from it. Yes, hey Bart, of we're all gonna sneak into a rated R movie. It's called Barton Fink. Barton Bart Fink. 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 Barton Bart Fink. Yeah. I, one of my other favorite ones is when they walk out of Naked Lunch and he goes, "I can think of two things wrong with that title." <laughs> but that leads me to ask the question of, what do you give this movie? Uh, I give it like, like a three and a half out of five. You son of a bitch! No. Yeah. I'm just no, no, I really I think I, I, no, I gave targets like three and a half, I think. Yeah. No, you're you're one hundred percent right. Like I said, film is subjective. No one is wrong. No one is right. I think this is a definitely a movie that might benefit from like a second watch in a couple of years. Um I'll probably like it a lot more. Okay. Okay. I will say, because you said you like their first better, I kind of like this better. I think Blood Simple, as much as there's a lot of good going on it, is very slow. I think for a first film, you really need to grab someone, and that movie takes its time getting a hold of you. When it does, it does it really well. Mm -hmm. But And I'll say the last like 20 minutes of that movie are absolutely spellbinding. But yeah, for, no, me, for yeah. me, I'm in on this movie from the start. So I'm going to give this like a solid four, like four and a half out of five. Like this is this is definitely four and a half out of five for me. There is, by the way, how are you doing your scale? I'm doing quarter start of five. Uh, I'm doing like, yeah, sort of the same. So you okay. start at like 0.5. Yeah, 0.5 and go up from there yeah. by increments. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not Ebert here. I'm not doing like a one to four. I get you. Yeah, no, it's five. Five's yeah. more definitive, I feel like. All right, so yeah, I would say I would say four and a half out of five. No, you know what? Four, I'm going to say four and a quarter out of five. It's It's good. I would say you, if you are going to watch every Coen Brothers movie, it's not the last one I would watch. It's certainly not the first, but it's comfortably somewhere in the middle, probably closer to the top. I definitely think you'd like have to pair this with another one of their more goofier comedy ones. Probably, probably Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm -hmm. Or maybe, mm -hmm. you know what? If you if you if you had to say to someone, look, you have to watch every one of them. Maybe put this with Lady Killers just to kind of like give them something to go. <sighs> oh, I know it's not a good movie, but. Ooh. Is this the movie after Lady Killers? Maybe as like a pick-me-up? Yes, I think so. I think okay. you do this after as like, hey, look, you made it through that crappy one. You've got to do that. I mean, now that begs the question, what do you give them when they sit through intolerable cruelty? Burn after reading. <sighs> I or guess. Fargo. Like those, like, Ooh, just, you know what? Fargo's good enough to where that would... Yeah, Fargo's good enough to, to do that. I think Burn After Reading is good enough to do that, but I am a weird duck. That's true. Well, we need to jump from the year that I was born up to the year that I will turn 32. And the movie we we're going to be discussing came out this year. It is the second film from writer-director Jordan Peele. It's known as his latest nightmare, and it is 2019's Us. That's a classic right there. What does I Got Five on it mean? It's about drugs. It's not about drugs. It's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Can't believe how big Dave got. You hear Gabe got a boat? He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. 
Where's Jason? Jason? Jason! Where were you? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me, and I'll keep you safe. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scare a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. Or we kill them. So, us, what the fuck is this movie about? I have had multiple theories that I've, like, thrown out and then, like, kind of been like, eh, I don't I don't know. It's not so much that it's, like, hard do you to... Wanna give, do you want to give the plot to them so people uh... know? By the way, guys, this is still in theaters, so if you haven't seen this, which I don't know what you're doing listening to this show if you haven't, but spoilers are going to happen yeah so if you haven't raising arizona is a 30 year old movie i'm yeah. i'm not apologizing for spoiling a 32 yeah. year old movie i will apologize for spoiling us and so like if you want yes. this would be a good time to like pause it or like run out to your cinema and view it and yeah. support it the right way go and support it financially movies mm-hmm. like this are important and then definitely buy something at the movie theater <laughs> support movie theaters yes support the people who work at the theater too yeah give them a good like you're doing good you know just look at them just like Maybe day. maybe a pretzel and you're doing good. Yeah, pretzel and you're doing good. Really? You know, get pretzel. that blood sugar up. Do we have any pretzels? Gotta go for the pretzel. Continue, though. Us. So Us is about a family that go to Santa Cruz. Oh, wait, I guess I missed the, the very beginning. Well, also about a family that's at Santa Cruz. Yeah, so it's about a family that goes to Santa Cruz. The ma- mother of the family had a very traumatic incident happen um, in her youth at this same santa cruz locate like santa cruz boardwalk where Her she na- went the little girl's name is adelaide, adelaide who eventually is the mother in the future yes. is what you're saying okay i just yes. want to make people make sure i know hey, we needed to give them a name you i am tired and i did not write anything down for this so no I'm no i'm off. on imdb so if you need someone's name give me the actor and i'll let okay. you know i'll let you know who that is so luda nepanyango is that her name lupita nyango is the way i've heard God, it but i am I, you could, hey, look, you could be saying it right. I have no idea. That's why people fire. like Winston Duke are my friend. Yes. Who she is married to in the film. He plays yes, Gabe. He plays Gabe. Adelaide had a traumatic incident where she went into this thing called, what is, it was the Shaman's... Merlin's walk. Forest, if I'm not mistaken. In the 
in the for in the opening moments it's actually the shaman's quest ah gotcha yeah and then they change it to merlin's forest later on because the shaman's quest would be racist and is racist oh yeah i yeah. never picked up on that i picked up on that like immediately and just like wow, shuffled good to him. myself yeah, it's actually really, really... We really... also must mention that before she has this traumatic experience, she's at home watching TV, and we see a shot of Hands Across the World. Mm, Hands Across which America. Was a, Hands Across America, which was a huge event. It was a huge event to raise money for homeless people, but it was also one of those things where it's like, it didn't do anything, really. It was kind of one of those things where it's like, it's for rich upper to middle class people to feel good about themselves to think that they're doing something without actually doing anything yeah that's true it's and one of those like see her, yeah yeah it's like a big showy thing to make you feel better about doing something whereas like literally just giving a dollar directly to a homeless person would do about the same thing yeah that's fair all um, right so let us fast forward she is now an adult she's married and she has two kids of her own yeah, I should say really quickly that she sees herself in Shaman's Forest, and that you, yes. you know that because it's in the trailer. But exactly, yeah. If you if you yeah, you're still not in spoiler territory yet. She's married to Winston Duke. She has two children who are played by uh, Shondi Wright Joseph and Evan Alex, who are both fantastic. Winston mm -hmm. Duke is also wonderful. He is exactly what a dad is in 2019. He is so great from the moment he's introduced a lot of people he... didn't like him and i'm like no you're that's... missing the point that's what he's supposed to be he's supposed to be kind of embarrassing kind of annoying the moment that he dabs at his daughter is like absolutely the funniest goddamn thing i've it's, seen it's in really so long. he's great they're staying at this like beach home he sh shows them that he has this boat <laughs> it's like daddy. it's so funny it's like this the boat is maybe boat. one of I'll say this. This movie is very most definitely a horror film, mm -hmm. but it's a very well-constructed, funny horror film. Mm -hmm. This really... has two of my favorite laugh-out moments this year in theaters. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I love the moment where, like, the boat stops and, like, oh, the yeah. family is trying not to laugh at him, but, like, you kind of can't. It's just so yeah. desperate. He's, he's a dad. Yeah, he's just a dad. Yeah. So they are there on vacation. They have not been there ever no they've been there they used to go there but they missed one year for some reason they missed last year or something like that. oh they missed they're... because um like it's alluded that the kid like started a fire yeah something like that. i thought it was about their grandmother dying or something maybe i don't maybe. i don't you know the point is they haven't they twice. weren't there they weren't there but the fire thing is important mm. um how to talk about the kids i guess we're spoiling things uh, the little boy wears a mask. I think you're kind of supposed to believe it's like a form of like maybe autism a little I, bit. Uh, maybe it's I don't know if I would say it because like if it's not explicitly stated, I wouldn't be like this kid's like autistic. He's I, he's very socially nervous. I will mm -hmm. give him that. He's he kinda, defi he definitely as is the mom, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the mask thing is like the kid uses the mask to as like a confidence thing. Yeah, um, I think so, and it's a very upsetting mask. It's not great. I don't like looking at it. <laughs> no, no, no one does. I'm like, son, you have such a handsome face. Let's 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 take a look at that. Mm -hmm. Um, they and end then... up meeting up with their friends at a beach, mm -hmm. which is decidedly really close to Merlin's forest now. Yes, uh, yes, and Adelaide the whole time is increasingly nervous and like yeah. increasingly not about this does not want to go to the beach i'm glad you touched on her actually i want to talk about that what do you think of her as an actress uh lupita yeah what do you think of lupita nyong'o i 
think she's an amazing actress who has been sort of underserved in a lot of roles. You want to hear something really, uh, really incredible? Yeah. This is her first starring role since she won the Oscar. That makes no sense. Like, Isn't even... that insane? Isn't that insane to think about? She, she didn't star in that um that Disney movie about chess. It was like the Queen of something. No, no, that was no. What's his name was the lead in that. Oh um, my god, I, that's she was the she was like the only person in the trailer. She was, but no, it's about two other people. Two other <sighs> people are the lead. Yeah, well, they knew what they had. Yeah, um, right. yeah, this is really her first starring thing because she plays in those Star Wars movies as like a voice cast yeah. role, and then there's this. So yeah, that's, I'd say that's yeah. Yeah, that's that is that's wrong. <laughs> I mean, maybe she made a shit ton of money off that Star Wars stuff and was like, no, nah, I don't need to work. I mean, yeah, but like I don't know. I'd like I like people want to see her and stuff. Like I don't know yes. why she's not. Clearly, like look at how much money this movie made. To keep everything clear, she won Best Supporting Actress for 12 Years a Slave, in case people are, like, yelling at their things, like, what did she win for? I'm not looking this up. Um, I mean, she's in Black Panther, but it's, like, a secondary role. Yeah, she's just, she, she's, like, um, she's, I forget, I forget she's, her She's role. his love interest. I mean. That's right. Yeah, no, that's right. No offense that's to right. her, that's but right. if you're, if you're the main character's love interest, you're only going to play so much of a role. Like. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a Marvel movie. That's that's not that's not that's not like some sort of sexist thing. That's just that's how a Marvel that's, movie works. Yeah, if you're a woman in a Marvel movie or a love interest or Yeah, if you if you're a yeah. love interest like Black like, Widow. Yeah. They're giving her her own movie finally. I'm very happy about that. Yeah, it's been 12 years? Well, it's I'm no offense. I mean, I know I know there's a lot of people who saw Captain Marvel. I know a lot of people like that movie. And I know a lot of people don't agree with me that there are problems with that movie because they can't get over certain biases. I mean, but no offense, uh, Black Widow should have been the first Marvel female superhero. Yeah, I'm just saying course. it's a huge yeah. injustice. If I was Scarlett Johansson, I'd be like, not only am I getting points on this movie, you're also gonna pay a salary. Like <laughs> this, she's been one of the hearts of those movies, and she totally deserves a movie. And they fucked it up. They could have easily done a great young Black Widow. Now it's a little too late. She's a little too old. And I mean. Jennifer Lawrence kind of beat them to it by making that Red Sparrow movie, which was just a Black Widow movie. It but... really was without calling. I haven't even seen that, and I know that. And, movie. and, jo and no offense, Johansson would have done it better, too. And yeah. uh, if everyone's uh, hearing that correctly, you did hear it right. I don't think Jennifer Lawrence is that good at acting. There, I said it. Don't you don't like think her. Jennifer Lawrence is that good at acting? No, I think there are times where Jennifer Lawrence is wildly over the top, and I don't buy anything she's doing in a movie. I kind of want her to do, like... I. I don't know. I want her to do like a Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf type thing, but then I realize like she's I would like her 25. To do any, yeah, I would like her to do anything where I don't just think, oh, that's Jennifer. I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not that. There are good things Jennifer Lawrence has done. Don't get me wrong. What's his name? Or Winner's Bone is a good performance. Mm -hmm. There are parts of The Hunger Games, actually, that I find good. But there are other movies where I'm just like, oh, no, it just feels like you're just like phoning this one in. And that's kind of not her fault. She got overexposed. She was in so much stuff. Like it she, all of the David O. Russell stuff, because I'm not a huge David O. Russell fan. There, I said it. Um, no, no, you're fine. He's I, kind of a dickhole. I he think sucks. he has. I think he has two good movies. Let me guess. It's it's you did this last time too, so oh. I'm not keep doing this now. It's a segment. It's you guess the two movies I'm thinking of. It's Three Kings. Okay, you got one. It's not I Heart Huckabees. That's not going to be it. It is I Heart Huckabees. Is it? Okay. That's yeah, I Heart Huckabees. All right. What, yeah. what were you going to think it was going to be? I don't know. I was trying to think if there was a movie in between that and... I know there is. I'm just going to think of Disaster it. comes to mind, but it's not yeah. as... It's not as... I Heart Huckabees 
is like the closest thing for him to do Boogie Nights. It's a really big cast. It's got a lot of ideas going on. I rewatched Boogie Nights, by the way, this week. Fuck, that movie's amazing. So getting back to us. Yes, um, wow, what a tangent. No, no, I, I wanted to go over Lupita Nyong'o's career, but that's okay. We we got back. They meet up with their two friends, played by Elizabeth Moss, and I'm going to say it, scene stealer of the movie, Tim Heidecker. Ah, yeah, he has a, a great scene coming up. <laughs> Like, and all-timer. they are they are friends from work, I think. I think Winston Duke's character works with Tim Heidecker's character. I think so. Because he talks about getting the boat. Like, that seems like something that, yeah. like, two guys would talk about at work. I don't know. They don't seem, f- like, friends, if that makes Like, they don't, like, well, nobody in the family. Winston Duke is certainly more friends with him than she is with Elizabeth Moss. By the way, Elizabeth yes. Moss playing a great like drunken mom mm-hmm. oh my like, god we, Wine we, mom all, we all knew that mom yeah no yeah no everybody has has seen that mom and has been embarrassed for those mom's kids <laughs> at parties it's it's very true so we also see at this time the little boy wanders off and this really mm-hmm. scares the crap out of the mom the little boy also sees what appears to be a homeless man just standing somewhere with his hands again don't like it don't want it don't need it that scared you a little bit a little bit i don't know just like i've definitely had moments where you just see someone standing somewhere and you're just like i don't you know what i don't need to go near that i'm gonna go the other way the way you're standing is upsetting it's Um, not great (laughs) so we should also mention that elizabeth moss and tim heidecker have two daughters as well who are twins uh can i quickly point something out yeah, go right ahead. I think it's pretty interesting. So we f- just we went on like a near like rant about several people who have nothing to do with this movie. You, you can point yeah. out something really quick. So one of the daughters is wearing a black flag shirt, which is like this great, uh, well, great in quotes, uh, L.A. hardcore band from the mm-hmm. 80s. And the first time we see someone wearing a black flag shirt, it is a like working class kind of schlub. And so it's kind of like pointing out this like working class thing that has been adopted by mm. the upper class as like a status symbol of like you like what cool was stuff. once what was once reviled is now normal. It's like how South Park used to be the most dangerous show on TV. Now people are like, oh, yeah, South Park's mm-hmm. on. Yeah. It's not just what was reviled is now normal. It's no, like, I would also say dangerous. Also, maybe on hmm. the out the fringe of society. Yeah, has become adopted by like yeah. rich kids who like weren't there. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's the Vietnam joke. It's like, how many Vietnam vets does it take to screw in a light bulb? You don't know. You weren't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, this yeah. is, yeah. It, that's... And it's not just that. It's also like the fuck the police playing in this like suburban home. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. I mean, the fact that any of us know that song too. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't come from that world. So... Yeah, no, I, I listened to it in Dayton, Nevada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she uh, finds her kid, the little boy. She said, you can't run away from me. She's weirdly upset way more than she should be but we kind of know that she's weirdly nervous for Mm. no apparent reason we just know and we think it has to do with this trauma that she suffered we also know that she had this trauma so they Mm. get back to the house and we think that um i believe winston duke says you want to do sex stuff which might be one of my favorite lines (laughs) (laughs) you want to do sex stuff and she goes no he's like okay like and like he's trying to talk her into and then there's one of the kids comes in and says, there's a family in our driveway there. Well, she tells him the, her backstory essentially. Which yeah. She, she had never told whole, him before. Yeah. She gives the whole, I was attacked by mm-hmm. someone who looked like me. Yeah. And he doesn't buy any of it. He's kind of like, All right. he's trying to get laid. <laughs> he's 
Yeah. Let's be honest. We've all been Winston Duke at that moment. Let's let's not kid ourselves, boys. We've we've all been there, being like, yeah, sure. You oh. saw a clone. I totally believe you. Okay. Let's uh, let's but... let's rub your back. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's totally like a total guy move, and like and kind of play. I mean, honestly, like in the sense of a horror movie, kind of works because that's what a guy is in a horror movie to a certain mm. extent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they just set him in a modern setting of, yeah, he also has two kids and a wife. But, mm-hmm. like, at the end of the day, he still wants to get laid. He could very well just be a camp counselor. It's really true. If he w- if he wore a shirt to the beach that said Camp Crystal Lake, you'd be like, yeah, I know who you are. So <laughs> I've seen this movie before. <laughs> one, of, one of the kids comes out and says, there's a family in our driveway. It's a family of four, just like them. And... I mean, I think this is where we're at the point where we can't really say yeah. say any more spoilers lay ahead. There's another yeah. moment that's a major spoiler, but yeah. we'll get to it. They the people break into their house and the people are them. Like yeah. it, it makes no sense, but they are exactly clones of them. Yeah, that's probably like my worst nightmare is <laughs> to just see I mean, me. I mean, it's it's the concept of the doppelganger. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's everything and they sit them down and the mom asks, who are you people? And her doppelganger says, we're Americans. And yeah, you want to talk about a big moment in that movie that got everyone talking. I don't like that moment. I I do. And you know what? I got to say too, this is where I'm going to pay Lupita Nyong'o the greatest compliment for this movie. The voice she does as her other is really bold. Yeah. Like, and, and I'll tell you, it's a choice. And in the hands of someone less talented, could have gone in a direction that would not have worked. She makes that voice work, in my opinion. Yeah, she, you know, she's killing it. She's like, this is, she's playing two different people. And Everyone she's playing, is. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but she's she's playing two severely different, Yeah, I guess, attitudes and voices. And there's like, I don't know, there's like a lot into her two performances that you could really dig into i agree yes so they're i think they set the little girl free and she runs off for some reason she's an olympic runner so they're just like just run because she she's like a really good runner yeah uh the little boy takes the other little boy to the room yeah the little like crawl space area which here is my question for you that moment where he because he has this trick, a magic trick, where he's trying to light this fire. Uh-huh. Are, is that a big moment for you? Do you have you heard the rumor about that scene? Yes, and I, I the if it's the rumor I'm thinking of. Um, well, do you want to touch it on the end when we reveal the big reveal? Yeah, the big reveal. Okay. okay. You, you want to just like, good... yeah, we can do everything after we get through the whole like synopsis. Yeah, exactly. So they're attacked it becomes kind of a a game of survival and the idea of the survival in this which sounds like your worst nightmare is you have to kill yourself pretty much i mean i've been trying to kill myself since day one up top (laughs) i'm not high-fiving that (laughs) two white guys talking film does not endorse suicide call the suicide hotline there is help let's see if we can get them as our first sponsor the suicide hotline they got deep pockets right hopefully yeah well not as deep as it used to be but yeah probably not the suicide text line um yeah oh my goodness but yeah it's what do you call it it's kind of this thing and i'll say this movie despite being like this horror movie is very funny and boasts some of my favorite deaths in a movie this year it Mm. sounds like this other movie you just watched kind of like is 
like running right up to it, but it, there is uh, some very cool set pieces in Knifeheart. <laughs> very good. So my question to you is, what was if we're gonna go back and do this? Your favorite scene? Um, mm, I like the. Mm, you're really throwing. You're really throwing me because uh, I did not think about this. Um, wait, wait, wait! You didn't like the movie? No, I like the movie. I like the movie. I'm you. I'm just. I haven't thought about this. So oh, I'm I get like, you. I'm trying. I'm like trying to. Do you want me to out. give you time, and I can give you the one that I. Uh... I think it's when they show up to the house after the doppelgangers killed like Tim Heidecker and everybody. And oh, Tim see, I, I, that, I like this right before up. it where, yeah, when, when, when Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker's doppelganger show up is my favorite part of the movie. It's not only amazingly intense, but it's really fucking funny. Mm-hmm. That, that my second favorite, actually now thinking about it is when Elizabeth Moss's doppelganger is trying on makeup. That's pretty good. Because that's yeah, an amazing performance. <laughs> Elizabeth Moss is quietly becoming like one of the most underused but most well-rounded actors. Like, and I haven't seen her in enough. She has a movie out this year that I want to see. Um, uh, is, is it Her Smell? Yeah, that sounds incredible. And I it still haven't seen Queen of Earth. Queen of Earth is supposed to be really good. It's on Netflix. It's been on Netflix for like five years. I've got it sitting on my queue here. I keep yeah. meaning to watch it. I hear it's. I remember the trailer being amazing. Uh, yeah. That's but, another Alex Ross Perry joint, right? It is. Yes, yeah. that's his third with him. I guess they're I guess they're good buddies. So we get to a point where everyone you want to touch on this on the um on anything else in that scene, I guess? No. I think I'm I think I'm yeah. So we get to a point where everyone who's gonna be killed gets killed, and it kind of comes down to uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Lupita Nyong'o, Lupita evil Lupita Nyong'o or Red as she's called, yeah. grabs grabs her son and takes him into where Merlin's what is it? It's Shaman's. It's, Shaman's it was originally quest? Shaman's quest or Shaman's like hideaway or something like that. And then now it's Shaman's Merlin's quest. hideaway or Merlin's quest. It's forest. Yeah. Yeah. Forest. Um, and she must descend the escalator down to where uh, she has taken this, and this is kind of i think where we get the biggest spoiler of all Mm -hmm. we first of all we enter this really creepy room we don't really find out until this point too that everyone in america has a doppelganger see the first first time i watched it i didn't get that i just thought it was everybody in santa cruz so i was just like okay no she says she says in america okay okay yeah she she does and and the ending of the movie tells you that too well yeah i was like man that's a lot of people in santa cruz damn yeah jesus i don't know santa cruz is so popular (laughs) yeah babe we're going to santa cruz this weekend why i don't know it just seems like a place to be it's like twenty thousand billion people there yeah so um what do you call it so she's you find out that everyone in america has one of these doppelgangers Mm mm-hmm and you're not really sure why it's i mean let me ask you did that frustrate you as a watcher no i i'm fine with like movies like being like eh, because like i'm just like i get it <laughs> writing a reason is very i difficult. mean i guess the weird thing i'm gonna say is this with get out his first movie and we're gonna touch on this once we get to the end and give the spoiler because we need to touch on him as a filmmaker get out felt so well explained mm-hmm. that everything in that movie i thought to myself yeah, okay, sure, this makes sense. Even, like, when you get to the ridiculous concept of how they're going to put 
column A and get out into column B, you're like, yeah, I still buy it. It's it's broken down enough to where I buy it. This, you're kind of almost supposed to take on faith. You're just like, yeah, the government or something. Fuck off. What do you care? Watch the movie. Like, that's how this one kind of felt to me. I don't know. It makes sense. Like, the government would do something yeah, it's, stupid I mean, like that. I mean, it's, yeah, it's the most logical out of it. Yeah. I, I Like, the thing is, it's like, I don't know how else you're going to explain this. Like, like... You really can, I guess. I guess, I guess it is kind of that Twilight Zone kind of you need to let a little, a little go. To yeah. I, I don't know. I think the difference is like get out felt much more like written. Like it was, you know, it felt like it had been written for a long time. And like, like he us, had that idea from soup to nuts from like the first go. Yeah. Get out feels very much like this is the movie I've always wanted to make. And if I get a shot, I'm going to make this. And then us feels like I want to do something that says a lot. <laughs> And then, like, gets to this part, and he's like, eh, government, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I wrote Get Out. Can't, can't, cut me some slack. Like, yeah. he's just... I don't, think it, I don't think it's important. I don't think the movie needs to explain to you why these people exist, because so much more is in, like, baked into the cake that you I don't agree. really need to know. So she gets down there, and it is at this point her and the other her other red begin to do battle in what I think might be the most beautiful fight sequence of the year so far. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very, very good. (laughs) It's, it's well done. It's, it's almost this balletic fight where she just quite can't quite get her hands on, on red. And it almost feels like red has been training her whole life for this moment. Everything else in this plan be damned, but I'm at least going to beat her here. Mm -hmm. It seems like red is better at this. Well, red's had a harder life. And, I'll, I'll say it, Lupita Nyong'o's character, the the Adelaide, gets one up on her and she ends up killing Red. It's a very, but it's lucky. It's like one of those oh, things. Oh, it's, like, oh, it's like, it's, if if she had been two steps to the left, it would have been all over for Adelaide. Red would have won. And it's in that moment that we get the biggest spoiler of all. I'm going to let Tyler say it in five, four, three, two, one. You've all been properly warned. Adelaide was actually the person from the, the underneath and she switched the bodies and then went home with the parents. That's why she couldn't speak for so long. Is because so to go back cut. to go back to it, the only person who is tethered, they're called the tethered, the people who wear the red jumpsuits, who can speak is Adelaide's character. And the reason for that is, is that the tethered girl grabbed her when she was very little and switched them. Adelaide is actually the bad guy. This whole thing is actually a really, at the core concept, a revenge movie. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and she kills Adelaide, or Adelaide kills, well, I guess it's, fuck. Adelaide kills Red, because that's that's how they're listed in the credits. Yeah, Adelaide Adelaide kills Red, even though, yeah, Adelaide kills Red, finds her son, and takes him back up. They get in a car, and they start driving off. Now, before we get to the final shot, and I do want to touch on the final shot, we need to talk about this shot in the car. Her boy was there where she rescued him. He saw everything, mm-hmm. and he looks at his mom with this very odd look on his face. Mm-hmm. And he slowly puts his mask down over his face, which to me almost says, I acknowledge who you are, and I accept it. I think it's the opposite. I think it's, like, literally the opposite. I think he's getting you the think courage it's, to... You... I think he's, like, getting courage. Like, because every time he puts the mask on, he is, like, mm-hmm. doing something that takes, like, strength or bravery. Like, like scaring Wait, so, his sister. So you, so you don't think, you don't think, you don't think he accepts her as, like, the mom? No. I think he, like, knows 
and I'm not sure the mom knows that he is like, like scared. Like I think he is scared of her. See, no, but that leads me to ask the question of him, the boy. Mm-hmm. Who is he? He's the, he's the, he's. I don't think I don't believe that theory. <laughs> okay, so I'm tell saying. them tell them the theory. So isn't that so? I'm not entirely sure if I know the theory like perfectly, but the theory is that like for some reason the kid started a fire. He got caught in the fire and got burned up, and Adelaide switched the two. Okay. See like, now now that's one theory. I have a different one. What's okay? What's the other? What's what's okay? Theory? So you know you know in the movie well in the mo- in the Blade movies how he is like known as the Daywalker. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, got all the powers of the vampire, none of the weaknesses, minus, like, the thirst. Yeah. I think, honestly speaking, he might be, like, kind of that in this world. She is a tethered person from below. Winston Duke's character is a man of mm. normal thing. He might be, like, the perfect balance. Like, if you watch, he makes him his own self walk back into that fire. He kind of has some sort of control. And I think that moment at the end is not him necessarily like saying, I reject you. I think it's him kind of becoming self-aware of what he is. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, that also makes sense. Like both kind of, both definitely work. Yeah. I, and I mean, and that's kind of the joy of this movie is no matter what you feel about this movie, you're kind of not wrong. It's very much left open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. There's like so much in this movie that there, there's, like, I could probably talk about scenes in this movie ad nauseum. I agree. Uh, yeah. Like, like the code switching scene where he, like, walks out and he, like, talks to the family uh, on, on his, like, on his driveway. And he starts out by talking, like, real nice and kind of sounding white. And then, like, he, like, goes back and then he sounds, like, stereotypically, like, like trying to be... Like the gangster. code switching scene. Yeah. Hold on. Which scene are you talking about? So when the family shows up on the driveway. Oh. And he like oh, first comes okay. out. Winston, he's got like, Winston Duke's character. Yeah. Sorry. I should have mentioned that. Yeah. Winston no, no. Duke, you're okay. You're okay. When, when he's talking to the other family, he starts off by saying like, we've called the cops. You should yes, leave. He's very, he's very formal. And then he comes out and he goes, if you want to get crazy, we can we get, get crazy. crazy. Which he, this, he goes. Yeah. yeah. He it's it's the. um. It's the Boston, the Boston double accent where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're dropping your R's in the big bad Southie. Yeah, like you're, yeah, you go straight gangster on these guys. Yeah, yeah he's, I, I he's crossed I like even six think about that. blocks into like the black neighborhood, and now he's trying to like talk, you know, more exactly. like he's lived on the street. And the thing is, like, he's also wearing like a Howard sweater, and a Howard yeah. is like yeah, an there's, upper there's middle a lot class African American school. Chock a block with like with reference. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot going on, which. I guess leads me now that we've kind of... Re- oh, and let's talk about the last shot. Mm-hmm. The ending of this movie is a shot of all the people in red jumpsuits kind of doing Hands Across America. Yeah, they're doing Hands Across America again. And um, it's it's kind of this thing of, like, is it their time? That's the thing, is I think this movie's main point is about, uh, like, class. Like, like uh, and the mm-hmm. main characters of the film they're like middle class and like the tethered are clearly supposed to be like themselves but if they didn't have any chances like if they were like poor Fair. or impoverished or like were thrown in jail at the age of like 17 for like a minor drug charge like he's really trying to talk about the american life if you are kind of stripped of any uh sort of 
outlet. Oh, yeah, you're 100% on that. That's... And, yeah, and how, like, middle-class people are, are have more chances, or, like, even upper-class people have, like, way more chances, because, like, you have better schools and better, you know, textbooks and the advantages that you get living there as opposed to, like, living in, like, a subway system. Oh, completely. There's, yeah, there's... It's it's such a it's such an interesting I don't know how to put it really it's such an interesting just movie and the way he I don't know the way he well let's we haven't really touched on him we haven't really said whose second movie this is this is Jordan Peele's second movie this is the guy who brought us Get Out like a couple years ago and yeah. lit the world on fire and said I don't do comedies anymore I do this and not to say I won't do stuff that's funny too because there are definitely moments of humor in both of these movies that are just outlandishly funny because of the tension that's built around them. But he's kind of now the modern day um, horror storyteller in my Mm. opinion. Like I think he's taken the crown at at the very least, like conscientious horror, like horror that has like a message and a viewpoint and it's coming from somewhere that's like interesting. So let's talk about it. This film compared to get out where, where do they fall for you? I, like I mean, I think we're gonna be. I think we're gonna be the same. I think it's Get yeah. Out. Get Out's the better movie, but that's also because like Get Out is like an absolute masterpiece. I mean, I can't think of one moment I would cut out of Get Out. You're not wrong. Yeah. No, I don't think I would cut anything out. Like Get Out's like perfect. Whereas this movie, I'm like, eh, this like kind of drags in the middle. Like once they leave the house, I'm kind of bored until they get to like the underground area. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. There is there is some stuff in this that is not as well paced. Get out from start to finish. You are you are trapped in that movie, and you mm-hmm. you feel like the main character. You feel like you're stuck. I saw something on Twitter which was, if Get Out is a movie where it ratchets up the tension each scene, Us does the opposite. It starts at the most tense point and then like unravels. And I thought that that was like a really interesting. Mm, that's fair. Uh, I mean, comment. I- I mean, that's fair, too, because by the end of that movie, you're so comfortable with the concept of with the concept of this woman being who she is. I think Mm. you kind of accept it, too. I don't know. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I really I did really enjoy it. And I I enjoy its messages. I just it's not wholly successful. I will be interested to rewatch it look it around down the line and yeah i i i have only seen it once and people keep asking me that like or a couple people have asked me and said well is it better than get out i said i'm not prepared to make that statement yet because i need to see this a couple more times i've probably seen get out like four times Mm -hmm. yeah i need to know i need to see this at least two or three just to give it kind of a fair shake because i guarantee you there's stuff i'm going to pick up the second time you always do that's the beauty of a movie twice yeah i I, seeing it a second time is absolutely eye-opening it went from like a three to a four like simply just by the second watch. It's sitting at a comfortable four for me right now. I know that movie's good. I know there's a lot going on in that movie I like. I know that's a very smart movie. And it's not just smart for the sake of being smart. But mm-hmm. I agree. I think it is get out for right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I, he definitely has like another masterpiece in him. And I look it's... forward to his next thing. I oh, still, God, I still, if you're asking me like the question of, would I, would I still be putting money into him if it was me putting money into his projects? Absolutely. This movie did very well, and he knew how to market this movie correctly. It's one of the best marketed trailers I've ever seen. It it's, still doesn't tell you everything. That's a very rare thing to do in a trailer. It's that Blumhouse money, baby. Like, yeah, I don't know he, he what Blumhouse it. does or how they do it, but it's 
They've got probably enough successes and they probably make enough small things that don't cost them as much. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the good thing. And he's kind of figured out, oh, you don't need to be good at every movie. You just need to be good at one genre. And if you put the word Blumhouse in front of a horror movie, you're probably getting something pretty straight. And he's, it seems like he's choosy with his stuff recently. Mm -hmm. That company, that company knows what to do. I mean, they put out Halloween, so. Did you not like Halloween? Halloween's okay. Oh, jeez. I'll say this. I'll say this. One of my... If we're if we're gonna bitch, and one of these days you and I won't have something we can figure out to do, and you and I will just sit down and talk about last year's Oscars. The fact that Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't given at least an honorary Oscar like nomination for Best Actress because that's kind of been her character is completely unfair. Granted, I can do thirty minutes on Hereditary not being nominated for anything, but we're not gonna go there today. Um, Let's not talk about Hereditary. Why? It's the best movie of last year. Why wouldn't you uh, want to talk about it? Uh, <laughs> did you have to whistle walking down the hallway like my wife did? No, I. that movie does not scare me. <laughs> really? I say that like a like very big man. I saw it three times, and each time I was like, it's fine. God damn it, it's not. It's brilliant. Good, it's, it's fucking okay. amazing. No, it's not the it's witch. Not. It's okay. Oh, bullshit, it's not the witch. It's better than the witch. I like the witch, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not go- we're not going into this debate. I'm not, not going to... I'm not, not going to get into this debate, I will say that The Witch is probably in my top five for the decade. Well, well, well trust me, I hope I hope you're ready to defend that, because we're going to be doing that at the end oh. of this year. Oh, I will. I just need to yeah. rewatch it, like, a few more times. We're going to do, sure. we're going to do, we're going to do the ten best from the decade, and you get <sighs> one from every year. That reminds me, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta study. There's a lot of that early I've, part I've of got my, I've got nine, I've got nine of them. I've really gone through and looked. I've got nine. And we'll we'll do a countdown. That'll be that'll be our big super December issue. But yeah, it's I guess that leaves the only question out of five. What are you giving this? Probably like a four. I'm right there with you. It's exactly a four. Like a solid four. Yeah, I would tell people to go see. I think I think five is go see this right now. Break into a theater. Start the projector yourself, even mm-hmm. if it's closed. Four is go see this. See it in theaters. It's worth seeing on a big screen. Yeah. Three is yeah, rent it. Why not? Two is sure if you have time, and one is yeah, pirate it. Why why not? <laughs> one is I don't yeah, all right. Fuck off. Who are you? How'd you get in here? I'm not answering that question. Was a movie. Yeah, that they were able to turn a camera on and put it on something. Ooh, boy, it's 24 frames a second, huh? Yeah, well, you guys really used all of them. All right. But yeah, well that leads us to the end. Tyler, thank you once again for doing the show with me. Uh, of course. Yes, and I. As everyone knows, we are not going to be doing thirds this week. But, Tyler, we are going to watch movies like it's 1999. That's right. Two movies from the year 1999. That is your task. Tell me, Tyler, what are our two movies we're going to be watching? So, one, the first, I really thought long and hard about this. And uh, to make a decent pairing, I think the first movie should be David Cronenberg's Existence. I think is how you say that. Okay, never um, seen it. I've heard of it. I've also heard of it and never seen it, but I wanted to pair ooh, something... Oh, you're going out on I'm a limb. Going oh. in blind, because I wanted to pair something with maybe my favorite movie from 1999, and that is The Matrix. Okay, okay. Extends by David Cronenberg and the Wachowski siblings, The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Okay, we will see you guys next week on Two White Guys Talking Film. You can follow us at two white guys talking film or you can follow us on twitter at twgtf pod that is our thing uh if you're wondering if you're at the right one look for the picture being a little guy from the bathroom stall 
and then the words double feature right above it. And that's us. Uh, once we put up our first episode, I will definitely be adding it every week, letting people know where they can find us. And yeah, that's that's our Twitter. I'll give you the password too, so you can post anything you want about movies. Wait, that, that it's gonna get some weird. You're gonna get some weird shit posting. I'll be like, I don't remember posting this 1972 mid card art house movie. When did the oh Tyler posted? That's yeah, but this will give me a chance to find stuff I've never seen. Yes. I'll tell you, man. There's nothing more liberating than just creating a Twitter account to just to just review movies. Yeah, that's I should do that one of these it's days. It's fun. It's fun. I need to need to give out my uh, I drink your blood hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, for two white guys talking film, I am Ben, and I've been Tyler, and we will catch you guys next time for movies from 1999. And we will be watching The Matrix and what was the other one? Existence. Existence by David Cronenberg. We'll see you guys next time. But I'm the type that likes to light another joint like Cypress Hill. I still do these spit loogies when I puff on it. I got some bucks on it, but it ain't enough on it. Go get the S, the T, I, D, E, S. Nevertheless, I'm hella fresh, rolling joints like a cigarette. So pass it across the table like ping pong. I'm gone, beating my chest like King Kong. And zone, wrap my lips around the phony. And when it comes to getting another stogie, fools all kick in like Shinobi. Homie ain't my homie to begin with. It's too many heads to be. Probably let my friend hit bit Unless you pull out the fat crispy Five dollar bill on the real before it's history Cause fools be having them vacuum lungs And if you let them hit it for free you hella dumb 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 I come to school with a tailor on my earlobe Avoiding all the thick teasers, skeezers and weirdos Got me throwing off the land like where the bomb at Give me two bucks you take a puff and pass my bomb back Suck up the dank like a slurpee The serious bomb will make a nigga go delirious like Eddie Murphy I got more boring Cause homies nag me to take the dick out of the bag. Burn slow so the ashes won't be burning in my hand, bruh. Hoogies get hit, but they know they got a pitch and bent. I roll a joint that's longer than your extension. Cause I'll be damned if you get high off me for free. Hell no, you better bring your own slip cheap. What's up, don't babysit that? Better pass the joint. Stop hitting cause you know you got asthma. Crack the body open, homie, and guzzle it. Cause I know the weed in my system is getting lonely. I gotta take a whiz test of my PO. I know I feel cause I done smoked major weed, bro. And every time we with Chris, that fool rolling up a fatty. But the tango race straight had me.
stop at the light, made my yesterday night thing. Got me hung off the night train. You fade, I fake, so let's head to the east. Hit the stroke to 9 0 so we can roll big hot sheets. I wish I could fade the eight, but I'm no budget. Still rolling the two dough, cut the same old bucket. Foggy window, soggy endo. I'm in the land, get you smoke with my kid. Up in smoke, yeah, just spray your layer down. Up in the OAK, the town. Homies don't play around, we down there, blaze a pound. Then ease up, speed up through the ESO. Drink the ESOP up with the lemon squeeze up. And everybody's roller, I'm the roller. That's quick to fold up, blunt out of a bunch of sticky doja. Hold up, suck up my weed, it's all you need, kicking feet. Cause we're IBs, we need to have like a foo-foo. Oh, 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 oh.